Every day, we are constantly surrounded by sounds, whether it's the music we listen to, the shows we watch on TV, or the conversations that happen within our lives. In some way, we are consistently being impacted by the noise around us. However, many of us pay little attention to the effect these sounds have on our health and our soul. But what if we began to become more mindful of the sounds we surrounded ourselves with? What if we began to listen to life with more intention? And what if we started to use sound as a way to not only heal, but amplify our soul? Welcome to Halfway to Hippie, the podcast where we explore different topics like spirituality, alternative forms of healing, starseeds, alternate dimensions, and so much more. Hi, I'm Annette Schmidt, your host and self-proclaimed wannabe hippie who is on a mission to answer questions like, what exactly is the fifth dimension and how do we get there? Are aliens real or is it all just a government hoax? Oh, and what about psychedelics? Are they actually safe and should we be using them? So buckle up because we are taking a trip to see just how deep the rabbit hole really goes. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode. I am super excited today to be talking with Summer Lee, the founder of Sound Science Soul, a lifestyle media brand helping people use sound intentionally to live harmoniously. She was previously a music journalist, promoter, and podcast host while also owning a successful digital marketing company after working in the publishing industry for 10 plus years. Summer began to see how music had helped her heal in multiple ways and wanted to understand why and how to use it more intentionally for her healing. Summer, thank you so much for coming on the show and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So I would first love to learn more about your journey from publishing and journalism to using sound and music as a source of healing. Sure. Um, Well, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's a long journey, of course, but um, I did start out in the publishing industry, um, you know, working in different positions there. And then uh, I started my own digital marketing company because I was doing a lot of website type production um, when I was in the publishing industry. That was kind of the last position I had. And so I started my digital marketing company um, because that's, you know, what my background was. Um, But music was always such a passion of mine. Um, My grandmother was a country, um, country Western music singer. She uh, sang locally where I live and performed at all kinds of major venues. And this would have been like I don't know, 50s to 60s. So, you know, pretty unusual for a female to be in that industry at that time. I mean, it was it was a really difficult field. So she did do some albums and performed with a lot of local musicians, um, but then had six kids. So she didn't continue on that path, unfortunately. But <clears throat> I think being, you know, around her, you know, having that music influence because she was always singing. So that gave me some. And then we did have other musicians in the family too. So music was always important to me. I was always raised with, you know, some kind of music playing some on the record or um, that's when we had eight track too when I was a kid. So <laughs> I don't know why well, you know what tracks are now, but <clears throat> I listened to a lot of eight tracks too. So, uh, you know, kind of started there. And then um, as a kid, you know, I used to play like DJ in my room. And so, um, you know, I was really interested in that and music was always just important. And I had, you know, friends that really exposed me to a lot of music. 
And then as I got older, you know, going into my career, you know, didn't really follow that path of, you know, pursuing anything with music until um, at some point, uh, you know, decided that was something that was understanding was really important to me. I was going to a lot of concerts to deal with some issues I was having in my life. And that was a coping mechanism to me. And so then that's when I started writing. Um, you know, I started writing for Screamer Magazine. Primarily, I was a regular journalist for them. Um, they're an LA-based magazine that's been around since the 80s. And they um, primarily, I mean, they started, you know, with the 80s hair bands, you know, rock metal genre. So that's what they've always continued with. So I did a lot with that genre. And um, that was huge because I was so passionate about that. I had so much fun. Um, that took me into music promotion because I started meeting a lot of bands. I started le- meeting a lot of other promoters, um, just working in different clubs. You know, as a journalist, then I was exposed to different club owners and um, Harley Davidson. I started partnering with them. So I had a lot of opportunities that came out of being a journalist. Um, so then, you know, pursued that as well. And then um, got pretty burned out on that industry, honestly, because it is pretty tough um, as a woman in particular. Um, wasn't taken very seriously a lot of times, and I was really serious about my work, and so it was challenging. And so I got really burned out on that. I was a single mom at the time, still I'm a single mom, but um, you know, I was had younger kids at that time, and I decided I was just kind of done with that. But I still really wanted to you know, be doing something with music, um, which is when I started the podcast. And initially the the podcast I had um, was about females in the music industry. So it was really to highlight those females after being in the industry myself and seeing what that was like. Um, And I know this is kind of a long story, but it is, it was a long journey to get where I'm at now. So I always recognized uh, what music did for me, like all these times that it helped me just with coping. When I was going through my divorce, for example, that's when I was going to a ton of concerts and, you know, just what I would feel, but I couldn't really describe, you know, what it was or why it was happening. You know, there's always just kind of that little voice that said, this is helping you in some way. And then at some point it was just really important for me to understand why Um, I became more spiritual in my life too. So that took me on another journey and, um, started using music in different ways because of that. Um, I'm now a meditation teacher. I'm on Insight Timer, um, for example. Um, but I just, you know, just started understanding more about all these ways that I could use it intentionally for myself. And I'm still on that journey. Um, but that really is what, you know, took me away from, you know, music journalism and promotion and being involved in that, you know, rock metal genre and shifted me into where, I was like, okay, now I want to understand why this is important to me, how I can use it, how I can heal, because I have a lot of uh, trauma in my past, too. So I knew that it was somehow helping and dealing with that trauma. I wanted to know more intentionally how to, you know, use that to help with that trauma. And then ideally, you know, the goal is for me to have so much knowledge that I can help everyone else <laughs> in their lives too. I mean, you know, I want to pass on that knowledge and help other people with it. So, um, you know, that's a long answer to a short question, but uh, it's it's been a lifelong journey to get where I'm at right now. You know, and I really appreciate you sharing the long answer because I think it shows a lot of people that 
these journeys for how people start to live out their purpose, it can change. And it's not a quick linear path. Like for you, you went in and out of the music industry to get to where you are today. So that's just so inspiring for anyone who's still, I think, on their journey, especially me, to being like, this is just one step to get to that end result or to get to that next step. Not even this probably isn't even the end result, right? Exactly. I still feel like I'm right at the beginning of the journey. I I don't feel like I'm, I'm at the end by any means. That's amazing. So I'm curious if you can tell me a little bit more about how you see music impacting our overall health and our mindset. You said it helped you with trauma. Can you expand a little bit more on that? Sure. So one of the things I do with Sound Science Soul is um, I try to experiment with all kinds of different things. So this is, you know, again, this has been a journey. So, um, for example, I did the Safe and Sound Protocol um, in the spring. And that is, um, and I probably won't explain it well, but it's basically a sound listening system um, that regulates the nervous system. So what happens is when you've had trauma and sometimes just, um, you know, for example, a lot of, uh, they use it a lot of times with someone with like children with autism, I think ADHD, even, um, you know, you, when you have something like autism, for example, example, you can be more sensitive to sounds and, you know, just how you kind of navigate the world. Your nervous system is a little bit more alert, I think. Um, and when you've had trauma, the same thing happens. You get your, your nervous system gets stuck in this fight or flight. Um, and sometimes it never gets out of that. So you're just going about your day and everything feels like a threat. And I would say I've seen that theme in my own life. And so the Safe and Sound Protocol was something that I used. You know, you listen to this music that's, it's, I don't know exactly what they do to it, but they modify it so that um, it's supposed to, you know, somehow go into the inner ear and it does something in there. And then, you know, somehow it actually re-regulates the nervous system. Um, I did see some changes with that. I wouldn't say that it's like the be all end all type thing. I think that um, it's going to be so individual, which is why I I like to explore a lot of different modalities um, because I think that there isn't like one size fits all. So if I can show everyone like, oh, like you could listen to this meditation music and this may be the thing for you, or you could do the safe and sound protocol or, um, you know, there's so many things out there. So um, there is a lot to explore in that space. And for me, it's been so many different things um, because I keep finding something new that I'm like, okay, let's see how this works. So for example, I've created playlists um, that are based on the different times, types of day. And uh, if you research um, the Indian, I don't know if I'm going to say this word right, but Rajas or Ragas, um, that is, so they create that music based on the certain type of the certain time of day, based on kind of the feeling you would have around that time. And it's supposed to just kind of promote, I think, you know, it's supposed to support how you should feel. So for example, in the morning, you need something that's a little bit lighter, um, you know, just kind of helping you get into the day. And then in the afternoon, you might need something that's a little bit more fun and uplifting to just kind of, you know, release energy and have a good time, you know, and then at night, you're going to need something again, that's more for relaxing. So um, 
I was not able to use the Indian garages, however you say that. I'm sorry that I'm probably not saying that correctly, but I wasn't able to use those myself. It didn't, um, it didn't connect well because, you know, it's not music I'm used to listening to. So it just wasn't resonating. So I went ahead and created my own. So now a lot of times I'm switching in and out of those playlists all day. And it just, you know, helps me to kind of move through my day. Um, and I can tell the difference in, in how I feel and how motivated, um, you know, the, the ability to relax at the end of the day, or just kind of slowly, uh, you know, step into my day in the morning, you know, cause I think too, something else I've really encouraged people to do is, is try and create a personal soundscape, um, throughout your day, because think of like in the morning, how, um, you know, how upsetting that is to just even your nervous system to be woken up with like that really annoying beep, beep, beep of an alarm clock. Right. You know, what we really need is to like transition slowly, have a really um, soothing sound waking us up. um, And, you know, just like really take care of ourselves and, and being aware of how sound affects us is so important. We go through the day and we are exposed to so many sounds throughout the day. And a lot of them are not, I mean, a lot of it, it's like noise pollution, you know, the sound of a garbage truck, for example, it's really loud and metal and clanky. And some people are super sensitive to that stuff too. Um, and I have been, uh, in the past, it's actually gotten better after I did the safe and sound protocol, but, um, you know, it's really important to just kind of be aware of like, what's affecting me and how can I change that so that I feel a little bit better. And so that's been a big part of, you know, what I try to encourage people to do and and why I'm trying the different things I am so that I'm really creating my life. Cause that's the thing that's important too. It's like, we are our own creators. We should have, you know, authority over that and not have everything controlling us, you know, when we could be deciding like, what's my life and my day going to look like and how do I create that? So I feel the way I want to feel. Oh my goodness. I love so much of that. There's so much there that I want to unpack. So first I want to go back a little bit to how you said you created your own, what do we say? It was like Rajas, um, how you said you created your own. I'm curious when you created your own, was that you creating your own music or did you take, did you take music from other artists and create kind of like your own genres for the day when you created your playlist. Can you tell me a little bit more about how the, yeah. How that works? So, I mean, literally they're just Spotify playlists that I've okay. named morning, late morning. Uh, I think I've got a lunch, a afternoon an afternoon slump and an evening. And then I've got like a dancing and a dinner one, you know, I've got like just kind of these multiple ones that I can pull up. And so I just, you know, add to them. Um, cause I, I love Spotify and they are great at recommending, like they have a discover weekly that curates based on what you like listening to. And then it kind of introduces you to new stuff that you haven't been listening to. And so a lot of times I just kind of pick things I like from that and just add it to my playlist. So how do you decide on which genre? Because that was something that had been going through my mind when I was looking at your website and reading through your articles, was when we think of sound and we think of playing music, the music that I like may be different from someone else's. So is there like a go-to genre? Because I know like rock and roll, right? That usually has an Mm -hmm. upbeat tempo, will get you upbeat, but some people listen to it to relax. And I would say I'm probably one of those people that listen to those upbeat or those, because I I do have ADHD. So I find those beats that I can follow relaxing 
I don't know if Mm -hmm. that's just because of my neurodiversity. So is there something that people, that is like a go-to, I guess, is what I'm asking when it comes to genre. I do think it's really individual to each person and that's why they have to create those on their own. Um, All of the, or a lot of the um, scientific literature that's out there about, um, you know, like music and how it affects us. Um, we'll use the term, I think it's like listener preferred music or something like that. Um, so, you know, when they're looking at, you know, if they want to create, cause there are different organizations and, and all kinds of stuff going on in this realm where people are experimenting with, um, like using playlists for someone that's going into surgery, for example, Okay. you know, giving them a playlist to listen to or creating a playlist for someone who's in labor, you know, there's, um, and there's, you know, different schools that are using this with, um, you know, like they might use it in the VA or something, you know, give the VA a bunch of, uh, iPods or whatever it is, you know, that they can, you know, listen to, but what they know from a lot of the research is that it definitely is listener preferred. So you want to make sure you're not going to like give, yeah, you're not going to give somebody who, um, you know, was a teenager in the fifties a playlist that's all 2000 stuff and they're, you know, probably, it's probably not going to resonate with them. Give them some um, lap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> um, and, you know, one of the things that is in the research too, is that the music that resonates the most with us is usually in those teenage years and early twenties. Like that's the stuff that kind of forever we will emotionally connect to. We may listen to all kinds of stuff outside of that, but it's always going to kind of come back to that's our base of what is, you know, like, and I think of myself, I don't know if this is true for everyone, but those are the songs when I was in my teenage years and in my twenties, that was a very impactful time. And that stuff is the stuff I can still listen to today and still love it. Yeah, Like it never ends. So I, I think that that's pretty true across the board. Does that answer yeah. your question? Yeah. No, it does. Yeah. And I would agree with that because thinking back to what I listened to in my teenage years, I can still feel the same. Like you're going through so much at such an impressionable period that I feel like it just has, I don't know, sentimental value or something as I listen to it now or the same style of music. So I, I completely can see that. And I also wanted to go back to the idea of using music as an alarm clock because, mm. oh, it's so interesting you said that. I remember growing up, the old school alarm clock, you know, the one that went, er, 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 like, yeah. oh gosh, I eventually figured out how to sleep through it. But now there's so many different options on our smartphones from different beeps and tings and, you know, the melodies to wake you up. My husband, unfortunately, has a lady scream at him this date and time <laughs> and weather. And I'm like, ugh. Um, but I'm wondering, what are your thoughts on the type of music or sound? we should be studying for our alarm alarm clock when we wake up in the morning? So I think the ideal thing to wake up to is if you can get yourself um, trained so that you wake up naturally and so that you're waking up to like natural noise. So like the birds chirping outside the window, for example. Um, I mean, if you have good natural sounds, I guess, if you have like, like I said, the garbage truck, you know, coming or, you know, just kind of stuff that's not great, you know, for our nervous system, that's not soothing. Um, but you know, ideally it would be that natural sound. So, um, if you can't wake up naturally with birds chirping or whatever, which, you know, of course, everyone's got different schedules and it may, you may not be waking up at the time the birds are chirping. Um, so the, 
the alternative to that, um, I think nature sounds like an app that has nature sounds. Um, I've woken up to like the ocean for a while. I had one that was an ocean, you know, sound. I think it, I don't know what the name of the app was, but it had all nature sounds, I think. And so I did the ocean. Um, and so that's a really nice, you know, alternative. Um, and then as far as if you want to actually wake up to music, um, I haven't really explored waking up. I mean, I did previously, like years ago, my alarm clock used to have the, the radio setting and, but I don't remember that being a good gentle wake up. Cause it was always like whatever was on the radio. So I don't recommend that at all. Um, I think Spotify might have some kind of sleep timer on it. I don't know if that's like an actual alarm. I haven't experimented with that at all. I'm sure there are ways to use something on your phone where you could wake up with certain songs. And then again, it would be listener preferred stuff. So it's like, what makes you feel relaxed? You know, what makes you feel good? What, um, what feels, you know, kind of like slower tempo, because yeah, I still think even if you love rock music, for example, I don't know that it's the best for your nervous system to like wake up with that. Um, right. Maybe for somebody it is, and that's fine too, but, you know, and you kind of know that about yourself. So go for it. But <laughs> so thinking of sounds, I'm wondering what your th- thoughts are on the idea of listening to just frequencies versus actual songs or melodies in music. Yeah. So I've done some of that myself too. Um, there is a ton of that stuff out there, the frequency stuff. Um, you know, there's a lot of it for healing so that you listen to certain frequencies. I've had various treatments done where, um, people use, uh, like the tuning forks that are at different frequencies. I have some crystal bowls and those are, you know, different frequencies and stuff, you know, so, um, there is a lot you can play within that realm. Um, I have mixed feelings on it. There is, is the belief that certain frequencies are supposed to affect us in a certain way and, you know, heal certain things or whatever. Um, but th- the reality is that the actual like research and confirming that is still pretty loose. Okay. So we just, I think that it's okay to play with, but then I also think you have to really be aware of how it's affecting you. Um, because, you know, what if it says, for example, oh, it's a frequency that's going to do X, Y, and Z. It's going to make you feel this way. But then when you listen to it, like you wake up the next day, let's say you listen to it at night, for example, or when you're sleeping, you wake up the next day and you feel really agitated, you know, um, and maybe it's not because of the music, but I want to be like, just really careful. Like how are things affecting me? And that's true with anything. And so the music you know, itself, for example, you would want to be aware of the same thing. Um, but I just think that you shouldn't just completely trust like, oh, this says it's this frequency because you don't know for sure. A lot of times, especially if you go to YouTube and you find like some kind of YouTube video, you don't know for sure that that's actually tuned to that frequency or or on that, you know, on that frequency, or if it's, um, something completely different or if, what they're claiming it does, you know, has any valid truth to it. So I just think it's a little complicated, honestly. I'd like to say like, yeah, do this, but um, it's just what we know about it is just so unclear right now. No, that makes sense because I, yeah, I would agree with you because I've wondered myself when looking at the YouTube videos of this is the frequency set to, 
manifestation or, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of it goes around like either healing or money. I feel like either one of the two. And I'm like, but is this really that frequency? Like, how do I know just listening to it? And for me, it's usually really high pitched. So I don't enjoy it as probably as much as I don't know, some people are, it's not worth listening to for the that sake of what they're claiming. Yeah, yeah. And that's your pinpointing exactly what I'm talking about that like you're understanding. Yeah, that's not really feeling great to me. So it's probably not good for you. So don't continue to like force yourself to listen to it thinking that, well, but if I continue this, then maybe I'll make some money, you know, but, but if you enjoy something and if it's changing the way you feel, then continue using it. I love that thought. I love that idea. I love the thought process there. So I'm curious because you have such an extensive background in uh, the music industry. What are your thoughts on the idea of, uh, there's this whole thing that has come up in media where, or not, I shouldn't say media, but there's this whole idea that has come up among, I guess you would say, quote unquote, conspiracy theorists, where there's certain sounds put into music or there's certain like subliminal messages. What are your thoughts on that? Did you ever experience any of that? Or where do you think that comes from? Well, there's a lot of kind of conspiracy, you know, and I hate the word conspiracy exactly because it's like, well, but if there's any truth to it, then it's not a conspiracy and we don't always know where the truth lies. Right. Yeah. Um, but there is a lot of, um, you know, it, there's a lot of opinions on like the way that music is tuned and that, you know, if it was tuned to something else that it would actually be healthier for us versus this, you know, kind of going back to the frequency thing. Um, there's that. And then you're right. There's the idea around kind of subliminal stuff and, I mean, who knows, really? There's no way to know. Um, I mean, I can tell you that there's there's also stuff out there that is very clear that there is subliminal stuff going on. For example, when you walk into a grocery store or some kind of retailer, they actually have studied what um, behavior will be induced by certain music being played. And so they're given playlists, essentially, um, or the information to create playlists or whatever it is. I don't know how it's given to the retailers. I just know that there is research based on that. So they know how they can influence somebody's behavior. So that's been proven. We know that's happening. That's not a conspiracy, you know. So there are things like that happening. Again, I think it goes back to awareness. It's like, how do I feel or how do I respond? And being aware of that, um, that kind of gets deeper into the whole idea of, you know, another part of what I try to encourage is um, becoming more aware and just, you know, more, you know, having better concentration. You know, that's a part of, you know, what I believe is really important in the work I'm doing is increasing our awareness. And so going into a store and understanding like, oh, you know, I didn't like how this felt when I heard this, or I responded this way, and that was kind of out of character, or that wasn't even what I wanted to do. Just being more aware of yourself so that you can really create what you want to versus, you're right, being influenced by other things. Um, And that kind of, you know, comes down to also the music you choose is important, and you have to keep that in mind too. I mean, I listened to more rock and metal stuff when I was in that, you know, part of my life. And a lot of it wasn't even because that necessarily was a lot of my favorite music. I was just in that, you know, industry. Um, but now I'm a lot more aware of the lyrics that are in music and how that can impact me. 
and I think a lot more about that and, and try to expose myself less to things that feel really negative. Uh, there's definitely some rock music that is more on the positive side, but some of that stuff can get really, really dark. And you have to think, well, if I'm being exposed to this all the time and we don't really listen intently to our music, I mean, we're not, we're listening to it, but we're not really thinking about the lyrics, but subconsciously we're still hearing that. So we're still, you know, bringing that into our body and how is that affecting our mood, how we feel, how we think? I mean, there's all these things that we're being exposed to that are affecting us that we are so unaware of. So that awareness piece is so important and just loving yourself enough to want to think about that and think like, I don't want these things affecting me. How do I mitigate that? How do, how do I protect myself from that? It's interesting that you say that because recently I've noticed a trend on TikTok where it's millennials or older millennials that are saying, oh, when you think back to the lyrics or when you re-listen to the lyrics and they go back to the songs that as a teenager, we listened to growing up. And it's interesting because I listen to those and I have them, you know, where they are clearly focusing on the lyrics. And I'm like, wait, is that really what it said? Is that like, I remember syncing it, but I don't remember it meaning the same thing looking back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff too that I, I look back on and, and think, wow, <laughs> I know. wow, that was stuff that I was okay with the messaging. And yeah, I've had to really, really think about it. And I just, I don't think in general that most people are. I would agree with you there. So I was wondering too, if we can go back and talk a little bit more about the idea of noise pollution, because you just mm. mentioned how we need to be more aware of how sound around us is impacting us. So I'm wondering what are things we should be aware of when it comes to noise pollution and kind of what is noise pollution exactly? Because I think a lot of people might think of the everyday sounds in their lives not being noise pollution, but then the, let's say a random dog barking that you don't normally hear being more of noise pollution or being more invading. So what would you say noise pollution is? Yeah, you're right. So there is kind of that bigger scale noise pollution people think about. Um, and, and I don't, I don't have a good example of what that would be, but that would be like stuff that is just really extreme, of course. Um, but then in our everyday life, we, <clears throat> we are, I would call it noise pollution, like all this stuff that we're exposed to, um, the humming of the refrigerator even. And you, you may not like think of that very consciously, you know, it's like in the background. And so you're really not keyed into it, but at the same time, like it's impacting you and it might actually be, um, irritating your nervous system because it's kind of like, like, you know, people that have, um, Oh, I'm, I'm not going to say this word right. I always want to say tinnitus, but it's like tinnitus or something, I think is the right way to say it. Um, you know, that's like a, this constant kind of droning, you know, noise. And it's a lot more conscious, you know, I mean, like it's, 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 it's not, it's noticeable, you know, yeah. like they know they're hearing it the entire time. But your humming of the refrigerator is like more lower level, but it's still that constant you know, noise. And there's several things. So we have so many like electronics and just all these things in our homes now that are making, and some of it is stuff that we may not be able to hear, but yet 
there's still like a piece of us maybe that is is feeling it somehow, even though it's not like consciously heard, you know, because we have so much of that stuff around us, you know, that has to be impacting us. Um, and so I think it's really important to just think about those things. And then um, the conversations that we're exposed to, because those also are affecting how we feel. So just being careful about what are we surrounding ourselves with? How do we navigate, you know, not being exposed to that um, news, TV, internet, like all of those things, you know, there's so many, so many sounds that are affecting us. It's crazy when you like really break down the layers of that um, until, you know, I started diving into this, I just didn't realize. And now I'm just like, oh my really like we are exposed to so much and that's just sound. I mean, visually we're exposed to things. Like if you go into all the senses, where are we getting exposed to? We're overwhelmed with what we're exposed to. And I'm just talking about sound and we're so overwhelmed with sound that our, I mean, I'm, I've had trauma. So my nervous system is, is on alert, but somebody who's not had trauma, I can't imagine that their nervous system isn't just as much alerted because they're constantly like, they're not in this, you know, kind of safe feeling supportive space when there's so much coming at them. Yeah, absolutely. And I would agree with you there when it comes to like the the media, especially. And I say that because I myself found myself feeling really overwhelmed when it, when COVID started with the news. Mm. And I actually got to a point where I was becoming so fearful that I had to turn off the, turn off the TV. I just, I couldn't succumb to it anymore every day of having to fear something that I had no control over ultimately. I mean, I could only do, you know, my part, but that's as far as I could, it could go. I could, I had no control over everything else. So I'm wondering, what is your advice for someone who is feeling overwhelmed, whether it's the news or if they're feeling overwhelmed, maybe by unsolicited advice from friends or family Mm -hmm. and not even advice, but also then maybe just conversations of people saying, oh, I want to talk about this COVID or I want to talk about politics. I mean, that was a big one, you know, just a year or two years ago here. So what would your advice be on how someone can help mitigate that sound pollution? Very, very strong boundaries. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's, it's something that I'm still working through. Um, I have had to really reevaluate relationships and how, you know, healthy they are in my life and, and, you know, which ones I want to pursue, which ones I need to move out, which ones I need to just have less contact with. Um, I rarely watch TV anymore. And that's been a really good change because I was a huge TV watcher growing up. And now it's, I mean, I don't even have access to like local news channels. I just, you know, watch YouTube or something if I do. Um, I would say social media is still one I'm really struggling with because it's something that I use in my business. And we have a really active group for Sound Science Soul, um, which I love. And so it's not something that I can turn off as easily, Um, but I need to have more boundaries around that. So I'm constantly kind of readjusting for myself. And I think that that's what everyone has to do is just like really look at what's influencing me and what kind of boundaries do I have to place around this so that I can feel like you said, I mean, I think your story is so similar to everyone else out there. I think everyone has felt that they have felt so overwhelmed over the past couple of years and that's not going to change. Like our world is, is always going to have some kind of conflict stuff going on, stuff you can be scared of and think of people who lived 
many, many years ago who did not have TVs and didn't know what was going on in another continent. They weren't scared of those things going on. That's what normal should look like. Like we're scared of things that are going on in other countries because we know what's going on in other countries. And yeah, it's great to, to, you know, have some awareness because you can maybe, you know, help our world because of that. But at the same time, it's like one person can only do so much. So just really like bring in, you know, the boundaries, um, kind of box yourself in, you know, create like a safe space. You know, I think that this is your life and you should create, I mean, you don't owe anything to anyone. So you don't have, if you don't want to worry about this certain issue going on in the world, if that's too much, then that's okay. Like worry about your own household and what's going on there. Like you can make the biggest impact there anyways. And yeah, I mean, just, I don't know. Like, I know that it's, it's everyone's challenged with that, but I think your boundaries, you just have to keep readjusting them. If you're going to try and feel some sense of safety and peace. You know, it's so interesting. You mentioned how you don't owe anyone anything because, uh, and to keep your own boundaries, because that reminded me of how lately on Facebook, and this is a hack for anyone who's listening, I've discovered, and people probably already know this, but I discovered that you can unfollow someone without unfriending them. So for people or things that may be a trigger for me, for whatever reason, I've realized, oh, I don't have to go through the, you know, becoming a social pariah because I don't want to be quote unquote friends with you. I can just unfollow you if I don't like what you're posting and I don't, and it just disappears from my timeline. I'm like, this is amazing. My life is forever changed because of that now. (laughs) Yep, exactly. There's boundary setting right there. You're doing a good job. Um, so I'm wondering that when we're using sound and music and we want to use it to, um, heal or to just center ourselves, can we, do we have to sit in one place and listen to it? Or is it enough for it to be, for it to be on in the background and for us to be multitasking? Mm. Like, is there one right way to use sound for our soul? Got it. Well, I think you can do all of the above, honestly. I mean, you're going to want for example, you know, like some music on when you're cooking dinner or you're, you know, yeah, you're cleaning house or whatever. And that stuff can make you feel good. You know, that's healing right there. So that's great. Um, But then, you know, as I mentioned, that whole awareness thing is really, really important to just understanding ourselves and creating what we want um, in our lives. And so I think that that's where you get into meditation and listening to, to more meditative music. So that you can really just get everything calmed down, be able to center within yourself and, you know, kind of start to understand your thoughts, um, you know, come to a really deep place of peace. And that's something that you really do have to sit and do versus being up doing, you know, jobs around the house is is you're not going to be able to necessarily be that centered. Although um, I know that I think it's like a lot of the Buddhist texts will talk about uh, making everything a meditative practice. So, you know, when you're washing the dishes, so of course everything can be a meditative practice, but you probably need to have a meditation practice first in order to get yourself to where you are just in general calmer. And then when you go to wash the dishes, yes, it's going to be more of a meditative practice, something that you're going to be very present with. But that, I mean, I've been meditating for, probably 
oh my gosh, at least five years, probably close to seven. And my meditation practice has changed so drastically since what it started with in the beginning. You know, I was doing guided meditation with an app, um, Insight Timer, the one that I'm on now, you know, but it started there. And then now, you know, it's just progressed into much deeper silent meditations and all kinds of different types of meditations. So does that answer your question? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it does. Okay. <laughs> and I'm wondering then for people who are just starting out with using music, I know like for me, I listen to music when I'm going out to a party or in the car, but if people are going to start using music to be more mindful, to become more aware, mm. what is one or two places you would suggest they start? I know you mentioned at the beginning how there's, um, the, the Raja, you can do that, or you can do the sound bathing, uh, the crystal bowls, or, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of different avenues that people can try. What would you say would be one or the first or one or two where people should start if they're going down this journey? Well, again, I would say it is probably still going to be individual. I think every, everyone's going to have something different resonate with them. Um, I really think meditation um, in some form. So whether that's listening to a guided meditation or actually going out to YouTube and listening to some of their meditations, there's a lot you can, that, that are like eight hours long, you can actually sleep too. So I think something like that, because that's easy, it's easy to just put one of those on and it's kind of done for you. Um, you know, it's something that you can do, you know, while you're laying in bed at night, you don't have to like sit there in silence necessarily. You just can be, you know, relaxed and you're going to sleep anyways. So that's a really easy way to start with, you know, using something that's going to help you to just feel more relaxed and maybe more centered. And then you can kind of just keep building on that. I think that would be my main suggestion if you just want to find something to start with. I know my husband is definitely going to appreciate that suggestion because right now I sleep with the TV on and it'll drive him nuts. Like he will put requests in for what shows he would like me to play because he says his dreams will follow it. So when I was falling asleep (laughs) to criminal minds, it wasn't as great as something a little less, a little more mellow. Right. Um, So that's actually a really good idea. I bet I could find some on YouTube that I could fall asleep (laughs) to. Um, So this has been great summer. And I'm wondering where can our listeners learn more about you, get in touch with you, um, maybe even get your playlist and all of that you have to offer. Sure. Well, the best way is probably just to go to soundsciencesoul.com. Um, from there, it's there's a place you can sign up for the newsletter. It will um, guide you to our group on Facebook, which again, it's a really great active group. We share a lot of stuff there and it's not just me sharing. So, you know, I completely... That's where I always encourage people to go is you can be a part of this community, which is another thing that's important to me is building community. So um, go there. Um, As far as my playlist, I am on Spotify and those are public, um, but finding me, um, (laughs) I'm not really sure if you, if you type in my name, it might come up. So maybe just search for Summer Lee, which is Summer with an O, -O S-O-M-M-E-R and Lee is L-E-I-G-H. So um, they could definitely get my playlist from there. And, uh, yeah, so I think the the website is definitely the best place to, to start with. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Summer, for joining us here today. Thanks for having me. It was fun. So what do you think? Is it important for us to gain a greater awareness of the sound around us? Or should we listen to sounds in the world with little care or concern? 
Let me know by leaving a review or sending me a DM on Instagram at halfway.to.hippie. 